This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. And here's your host, James Rose. Welcome back to the start of a new season of EPL action and the start of season four of our show, Crazy Times. The show, of course, would not be complete without the North London rivals and regular quizzical pundits. The first is the leader of the Casey Spurs and the man ready to call a taxi for Mr. Mourinho, potentially. It's Gerard Bustamente. How are you, bud? Welcome. I'm, I, I mean, I'm not good, but the last 24 hours, we've seen the just annual bail return to Spurs rumors that I've yep. always thought were stupid, that I've never really enjoyed, and yep. always maybe thought, you know, if this actually happened, how stupid would that be? <laughs> and here we are. We are yeah. tracking flights. We are seeing it. Rumor that Deli Alley might be shown the door, mm. um, which, if you know me, is a bummer. Uh, I think the guy still has some in the tank. I think we'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, at least we're relevant i don't know somewhat question mark well i can tell you looking at flight tracker that bell is currently uh still on his plane so we'll see what happens uh <laughs> we're also here of course with the leader of the casey gunners and the man who bought that special pen for obamiang to sign his new contract hashtag got the deal done it's mr Boyce richardson how are you bud you know apparently in north london signing 31 year olds is all the rage so we've got obamiang already you guys are bail on the way uh you know here we go. Let's see we're how get, it is. But we're getting ready to the bank. Yep. They both have neat haircuts. It's true. You they know? both definitely do have neat haircuts. And the top knots coming back in. Bale's been playing <laughs> golf for I think the last two years, so I'm pretty sure that he's got he's got plenty of mileage left. I would he's, imagine. He's got it all. North London's got the hairdressers. It's got the golf clubs. It's got the retirement areas. We've got it all here in North London. So we'll uh, we'll run with that. Uh, as expected, the new EPL season opened with shocks and surprises and plenty of goals. The first fixture saw the Gunners claim three points from newly promoted Fulham in what could be seen as a comfortable victory for the North London outfit. All right, boys, here is your first trivia question of season four. True or false, since 2004, Aubameyang is now the first player to score on match day one in consecutive Premier League campaigns. I feel like your questions just keep getting trickier and trickier as the seasons progress on. I That's honestly true. have no idea what the answer to this question is, but I assume that Aubameyang could be legendary. So let's do it. True. It is true, yes. And that'll get you those first three points of season four. Well, <laughs> Arsenal have three points. I have three points. I, I, sh- I should have made. three points. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't have three points? Let's not go there yet. Uh, <laughs> boys, uh, good start for Arsenal. What are our thoughts going into the season? Are we thinking better from last season? What are we thinking? What have we learned so far? Well, you can certainly tell that with Mikel Arteta, there's a strategy of some sort and a tactical acumen, which is nice. It's nice to see the players operating in a, an actual formation where players are being plugged into positions that they're they're viable in. That's mm. that's comforting to see. And, you know, I don't really necessarily think that Gabriel was intended to slot in on day one, but it was also good to see him get past the jitters in the second minute and sort of fall into the match. I, again, you gotta you kind of have to temper Arsenal's win with the fact that it was Fulham and they're not very good and they didn't have fans in the stands, and that's always an equalizer one way or another anyway. But I think the stat that's been going around, and the thing that I was contemplating was that away to the bottom four last year, Arsenal had three points. They lost to Aston Villa. 
and then they drew each of the relegated teams. So as of right now, one match into the 2020-2021 season, Arsenal have equaled their away point total against the bottom four from last year. And you can, you know, if that's the way that things have to be, and we're breaking down teams that have kind of resorted to falling into the box. But the thing is, the weirdest thing about this match was the fact that Scott Parker decided that he was going to press Arsenal at home without fans and without Mitrovic in the starting lineup. So that is a flawed strategy, and I would imagine he's going to adjust uh, from this point forward. But looking forward for Arsenal, I, I think they, again, the rumors are, are Thomas Partey and Usamawa, and uh, one or both of those coming in, I think, changes the complexion of the season. But the problem right now is that in the first match of the season, in a two-man midfield, Arsenal started Mohamed Elneny and Granit Xhaka, constituting what I would imagine is probably the slowest midfield in the Premier League. You know, the strategy behind it and the formation works and the tactics work as well. But I don't, I hope, at least for the long term, that we're not going to see a lot of this 3-4-3 for the rest of the season. But I don't think in Arsenal's case, you're going to know until early October. Mm. Jared, are you concerned about Arsenal and uh, their comfortable win? Or is it too early to say at this point? I think it's truly a say. I mean, you, you know, if you look at that... Uh, um, you know, look at that Liverpool Leeds match. You know, you watch seventy five percent of that, and you think you know everyone should be running to the exits. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's too early. Too early. Um, maybe Leeds Rose actually lost glasses. a whole city in the League Cup today. By the way, I don't know if you saw that. What? I, I did, did not, not see that. So they did. You know, I mean, you've we've got this delay start of the season. We've got just matches on top of matches on top of matches. I mean, this is going to be a sequence where. Um, How many matches do Spurs have? Yep. Oh. <laughs> it is something bonkers. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like nine and twenty-two days or something. Nine and twenty-two like, days. So yeah. and, you're welcome. And for a honestly, for a, a Spurs squad that our Achilles heel every single year is depth and depth and depth and being able to, you know, finish uh, these multiple competitions and things like that, it's gonna be a problem. And I think with this truncated schedule, it's gonna be a problem for more teams. Uh, maybe it's a little rose-colored glasses uh, with, uh, uh, you know, from a Spurs man, Scotty Parker. Uh, yeah, you want, want to do well. Uh, but this was this is a Fulham side, you know, a year removed from the Premiership last year. They came back up. You knew they were going to come back up. Um, there is quality on this team. Um, and uh, as, as Boyce, you know, alluded to, uh, you know, kind of removing that, um, uh, that pull from the home, especially um, in a space like Craven Cottage, uh, where uh, it's always had a fairly fun atmosphere. I, I can take too much away from it. Um, other than the fact that just Arsenal were, a, are a higher quality side than Fulham. I don't think that's controversial to say that. And I think mm. the better team won. So. Well, the solution uh, for the, Fulham is obviously to spend 12 to 15 million pounds and buy Callum Chambers back from Arsenal. Obvious, <laughs> it's the obvious solution for Fulham for the rest of the year. I don't Fire sales on. on. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so we're going to see, you know, we're going to see shuffling, you know, we still get this transfer window open and, you know, I think we're looking at just completely wacky crap to happen, but yeah. uh, too early, too early to, you know, seed North London for, you know, whatever year in a row that we finished above Arsenal. But mm-hmm. I think, um, I think we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, the brunch time kickoff, like I said, brunch time there, uh, saw Jose Mourinho's Spurs begin their EPL campaign against an Everton side under the tutelage of Carlo Ancelotti. The game saw Everton take all three points thanks to a single goal from Robert Calvert-Lewin. All right, Jared, here's your first quiz question of season four. After this fixture... 
How many times has Jose Mourinho lost an opening day fixture, match day fixture, in his managerial career? Is it once or three times? Please be the only time this has happened. Once. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. nice. Got those three points Fuck. right off the bat. <laughs> this literally was the first time in his history that he has lost an opening day fixture. I think he's tied a, a couple, but this was his first loss. So, Jared, Jared getting us an explicit there <laughs> right off the bat. Thanks. I'll have to make that extra tag in Apple Podcast. Um, you can bleep me. You know. <laughs> I, I get one. I get one. You, you each get one. Um, uh, fair enough. I'm going to save mine. Jared, what are we thinking? I mean, <laughs> dare I say picking up right where they left off in terms of bad performances? Or do uh, we have any hope for Jose Mourinho moving forward? Did I say I only got one? Okay, <laughs> I only got one. I, uh, look, I mean... It, if there's a a narrative that has come out of the all or nothing uh, uh, documentary is that Jose Mourinho has a style, and that style sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. about it. So <laughs> when we sit and I look at this, I'm like, look, the guy wins absolutely, but it does require kind of a complete buy-in, you know, from the players and all that. And it's clear, you know, they don't have that. It's got a lot of talent on this team. And I was talking to my wife the other day. You know, it just felt we're in a space where we don't want to be, where you feel like that was the window. The window was back with Musa Dembele, with Christian Eriksen, with Danny Rose, with Kyle Walker, you know, back when you had England Hotspur, right? And just you you feel like the the melee that happened in 2016 uh, uh, at Chelsea was mm. a hurdle that this team just couldn't overcome because since then it's just been falling short, falling short, falling short. And to come out, don't get me wrong. This is a good Everton team. This is a much improved Everton team. This is an organized Everton team. And this is a dangerous Everton team. I'd agree. Yeah. And, you know, absent, uh, your wife's favorite player, James Richarlison, uh, just falling asleep in the box. Uh, that match is easily 2-3-0 um, in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. So uh, I think it was a it was a fun match, you know, on the front end. Um, I uh, admittedly uh, I unplugged for the weekend. I was at uh, I was at the farm. No cell service. No nothing. And it was great. And I got in the car and I listened to uh, the match live on the radio as I drove into Kansas City, um, thoroughly pissed off. And my relaxation (laughs) yanked from my body. So thank you, Jose. I appreciate that. Um, All these transfer rumors aside, uh, you know, we're, you know, bringing in Sergio, bringing in a right back, they say, um, absolutely needed. Um, you know, Boyce pointed out on Twitter, some of the comments, uh, you know, from Jose talk about Matt Doherty, um, you know, just wasn't as fit as we wanted him to be. And I think Boyce made the point, well, then play a fit player. Uh, and yeah, that's a thought. Long story short, uh, this is already a team that is, you know, uh, that, you know, dealing with the Giovanni Lo Celso injury, you saw there is, um, just sparks of creativity going going forward. 
uh, Mourinho admitted it was a mistake. I mean, you pulled Deli Alley for Musa Sissoko at half um, and just further removing creativity uh, where I get it. You know, I mean, I'm listening to BBC radio and uh, even they were perplexed. Yeah. Thinking that Deli was a bright spot. Why are we, why are we pushing that with a bigger physical presence in, uh, um, in Musa Sissoko? And in reality, the player we're missing is right there on the other side wearing blue at Hamas. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw that guy just run it box to box, being creative, making chances, even making tackles. And in listening to it, and I don't know if it bore through on the broadcast, I think, man, that would be nice. <laughs> so I'm hoping that maybe we build this in the plan of Ndombele, you know, kind of being freed up to move forward with Hoiberg in behind, Lo Celso uh, come in, add some creativity. Uh, apparently the Eric Dyer center backs experiment continues. Um, I, I, I thought we knew whether how or long, not, yeah, <laughs> whether or not that floated or not, but here we are. I thought the answer was no. Uh, the answer was no. Uh, the answer <laughs> continues to be no. Okay, uh, well, but, yeah. but he's committed to a boys. He has said as such, therefore it's going to happen. Okay. So the answer is yes, if no, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I do hope Delhi stays. Mm. Um, Gio was back in training today. Um, but again, you know, the problem that we have is do we have players that are willing to come in and step up and step in? Yeah. And, and right now, uh, First of all, nobody get the ball to Harry Kane, but who's going to spell Harry Kane? Hmm. You know, we don't we don't have that second striker situation. You know, so we, there's still a lot of holes, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I don't think the Jose Magic, um, at least right now, it's not there. It's early, just as I said about Arsenal. It's early, hmm. so we lost at home, effectively a neutral ground nowadays, at home to a good side by one. Mm-hmm. Not really going to be too beat, you know. I'm not going to beat myself up about that, but it's these next 21 days, right? It's these next three weeks. Talk to me in 22 days. <laughs> Noted. Remember this, <laughs> uh, boys. As a, as a rival fan, uh, what are your thoughts on Spurs' prospects? Are you somewhat delighted by the fact that things aren't going so well this early on, or are you still kind of waiting to see? I mean, I don't really necessarily think that things have been going well for a while. I think the Mourinho appointment was a mistake. I think they're overpaying him. I think it was a a reach by Levy to appoint a manager that would be a part of the all or nothing series for Amazon to make Spurs interesting and in a hope that they would become a bigger brand. And I think largely that series makes Spurs look bad. I, I think it, it centers around it's a character drama starring Jose Mourinho where Dan Levy's down on his knees praising Mourinho at all facets of the match. And I think the thing is that you look at last season and it wasn't good. I mean, you can definitely blame Pochettino for part of that, but Mourinho was largely responsible. I mean, I know that Spurs ended up taking sixth, but that's still not good. It wasn't a good season in North London last year. And I think, you know, at least as of right now, as an Arsenal fan, the confidence is starting to grow because I think you're looking at the matches. We won a trophy at the end of last year. We won a fake trophy at the beginning of this year you know, where it, it looks as though we're going to be able to fire sale enough players to bring in a midfielder that we desperately require before the transfer window hits, maybe even two, kind of depending on who we manage to get out the door. I think there's confidence building there. And 
you know, Gareth Bale's a phenomenal player, and there's some concern there because I think he's quality, but he hasn't really done anything for the last two years. And the man that's in charge just doesn't seem to have an offensive strategy beyond kind of throwing things together. I mean, he's he's playing Eric Dyer drastically out of position. It doesn't – the odd thing is that Sergio – I mean, right back's definitely a position that Spurs needed to upgrade in. It appears as though they're going to try and get – Danny Rose out. They're going to try and get a few other players out, and you know Serge Aurier as well. And they're going to bring in a few other people to try and to harness the position. But you've got Matt Doherty in there now. You've got Sergio coming in. Why are there no center backs coming in? I mean, as of right now, you're playing an elderly Toby Alderweireld alongside either Davison Sanchez or Eric Dyer. Spurs back line still not very good. The left side still. Leaves a lot to be desired, and then don't forget Maria. Juan Foyt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Human red card, Juan Foyt. Love him. He's like the he's the Shkodran Mustafi of Spurs. How could you <laughs> not love that? Uh, it's my guy. You, you know, you look at the midfield, and I think Jared's right. Like you look at last season, and they brought in Gio Lo Celso and Tenge and Dombele, and you thought, okay, excellent. You lost Christian Eriksen, but there's a lot of depth in Spurs midfield now. There's a, a ton of quality in terms of Tenge and Dombele, and I, I still think Gio Lacelso is a, a, a good, petulant player, but I think he's excellent. And, you know, you look at the forward line, Yedson, Kane, Lucas, uh, Deli, you got offensive firepower there. I just don't understand what's going on in terms of the rebuild of Spurs right now and what they're trying to do, or Mourinho's offensive strategy, because I, I don't think the weird thing about Bale is the fact that there's a lot of sort of historical elements associated with him that I can understand. But in terms of what Spurs need right now, I absolutely don't understand it. When you brought in Hoiberg, I thought kind of that he might actually be involved in central defense and to see him playing a DM position when you have Eric Dyer on the roster. And I thought that's what he was doing. I, I just don't know. I, you know, the nice thing is that it's just, it kind of reminds me of Unai Emery at Arsenal. I'm not going to lie. Like obviously Marie has got a vastly better pedigree than Emery ever had, but plugging players into holes in which they don't belong, a lack of really understanding. I mean, Mourinho has tactics, but they're boring. And I think that they're starting to suffer the reality of a little becoming sort of ancient. Mm. And I just don't, I, in previous years, I think last year I feared Spurs. I don't really fear Spurs this year. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I think the, you know, there were rosters of people that were picking top four this year and I think Arsenal was on two or three of them. But the telling fact was that Spurs was on none of them. And, you know, you can pick Spurs to win the Carabao Cup. And I guess that that would get the monkey off of your back in terms of having silverware. But I, Manchester City basically owns an allocated spot in the Carabao Cup final. And tournaments <sighs> are hard to win. There's a ton of matches. They're going to come thick and fast. Mourinho just doesn't necessarily seem like he's got it down. I think Spurs have a lot of potential, but if you're going to bench your best midfielder and not play him and get into a fight with him and then turn around and try and sell him, I don't understand why you would do that. I, I thought it was fairly clear that Ndombele was the best player in Spurs midfield. Power, athleticism. He can pick a pass. Lacelso as well. I, Mourinho's come in and he's kind of trying to screw with the future of where Spurs are at at a time where it's difficult to be able to push players out. And I don't... Mm. I think if you're a Spurs fan and you're paying him $13, $15 million a year or whatever it is, that that's reason for concern. 15 is the actual number there, and it's kind of scary. But yes, uh, we'll for sure take your point. I mean, we'll, 
Yeah. That's $5 million less a year than we're paying as a nozzle to do basically the exact same thing, just destroy us from the bench. So congratulations on that front. Oh, man. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next fixture, which we're talking about. One of those with the highest number of goals. Liverpool begin their title defense with an enthralling encounter against newly promoted side Leeds. Uh, despite scoring three, Leeds took defeat with the current champions mounting a strong defense of their title. Uh, Boyce, this question is for you. You're each going to get one from this one. Uh, so, Boyce, which team edged the position stats in this game? Possession stats in this game, I should say. Uh, was it Liverpool or Leeds? I think it was Leeds, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Barely. They did have it, though, but that'll get you those next three points. It was 51% Leeds, 49% Liverpool. So it was pretty damn close, but Leeds did have it. So on Leeds, what do we think? I mean, newly promoted team coming in strong, getting three goals against the champions. I mean, is there exciting things ahead for Leeds here? I think if you're Bielsa, you're upset. I think you have to look at this match and just be absolutely just apoplectic with rage. Mm. Leeds were the architects of their own demise in this match. It's not exactly like Liverpool went in and then cut them apart. I mean, you're looking at a solid goal that was absolutely world-class, but you know, you can take that one out because defense aside, there's not really a lot that you can do to stop that. But Leeds gave up two penalties in this match and both of them were lazy defensive penalties and ones that should have never been given away in spots where Liverpool probably weren't going to score in the first place. And the way that Leeds moved the ball, you know, I think when they had scored their second goal, they maybe had like two or three shots on goal and they'd scored with, you know, very few shots, but they were being very clinical with the opportunities that they'd had. And they had Liverpool on the ropes for a little while. And it was another one of those scenarios, really not unlike the Chelsea Brighton match where, you know, they got back into the match and they had a chance to make an impact. And instead of making an impact, they made a foolish mistake and put Liverpool on the penalty spot where Salah is never going to miss. And you just can't, you can't do that away at Anfield, regardless of whether or not there are fans or not. And I think that there's a lot for Leeds to look forward to this year. Depth is definitely an issue with them. So maybe Bielsa looked at the Carabao Cup fixture against Hull City today and he thought, you know what, there's no reason for us to be in a tournament that we're very likely not going to be able to win at a time when fixture congestion is a very real concern. They don't have any European obligations. So as of right now, Leeds is in a position where they can just look to a weekend by weekend fixture in the premier league and they can dedicate themselves to a tactical analysis associated with the teams that they're, they're facing. But as an Arsenal fan, I, I didn't really take any surprise by this because Arsenal played Leeds in the FA cup last year, uh, you know, at a time where I believe up Mikel Arteta was just kind of recently inserted as head coach and they played us rough for the first 45 minutes. It really looked like they had an opportunity to score two or three goals in that time. They didn't. We put one away and won one nil. But Bielsa's a good coach. I just, if I'm Leeds, I'm, I'm really worried about the errors in this mm. match. I, I think that Leeds had an opportunity to make a statement, even with a draw. I, I think a draw here would have been a, a very good marker to lay down. But the thing is... They can try and take moral victories out of this all they want, but they still got zero points. Liverpool scored four goals and they gave up two penalties. And I, I think that's never going to fly. But I, I think if you're, if you paid any attention to the championship last year whatsoever at all, I think you recognize that Leeds are the most capable team that got promoted. I, they're vastly better than either West Brom or Fulham. And they spent some really good money. I mean, they have Spain's number nine on the team, right? Like, 
they got some firepower in terms of what they did. They bought really well in the off season. They bought smart. They spent some money. And I, I think that, I, I think they're, they're probably a mid table team this year, but they're going to cause, they're going to cause some damage. I, I think we can maybe get to it later, but in terms of relegation, I think it's West Brom, Fulham and somebody that's not Leeds. Mm, I, I agree with that for sure. Uh, Jared, here's your quiz question on this one. True or false, Liverpool have won all 35 EPL games in which Mohamed Salah has scored. Da, na, na, na. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if he scored against Arsenal when... When you all played him. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to say false because I think he did. It's true. Would you believe it? Liverpool have won all 35 EPL games in which Mozart has scored. Isn't that crazy? But it's true, apparently, according to the stats that I found. But uh, Jared's got me trying to remember who scored in that Liverpool Arsenal match from that year. And I, I blocked it out, other than the fact that Reese Nelson and Eddie and Kedia scored. <laughs> Uh, Jared, your thoughts on Liverpool this season? Are they looking as hungry as ever? Are they going to run it back? Are they going to defend their title? What do we think? Who cares? Oh Who cares? Right, let's move on. Next question. <laughs> I mean, of course they're good. Yeah. There's, no, there's no way about it. I mean, they've, uh, they, they have the same core. They have the same you know, uh, cult of personality that is Jurgen Klopp uh, leading everything down there. Um, so yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with. Now, what was really interesting is I think we are seeing uh, a regression to the mean uh, with this Liverpool back four. Uh, mm. you, saw, uh, uh, you saw several errors and Leeds, to Boyce's point, had the firepower to make them pay for it. And again, but for um, you know, you know, just a, some, some more clever striking, uh, Leeds take a two-goal lead in this match. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we saw this after the 14, it was either the, after the 14, 15 or the 15, 16 season where Spurs had the best defensive record on home in the Premier League. And we had that back four that was anchored by Aldeverald and Vertonghen. Um, and the next year you were expecting that kind of just pure lockdown defense. And it just wasn't there. You realize that it's really hard to maintain that level of elite defending. I mean, for God's sake, you know, Virgil Van Dijk is, you know, is a, a no, Ballon d'Or, uh, you know, level caliber defending, right? So, I think it was just only a a matter of time before we again, we're still a very good team. We get a regression to the mean. And I think a lot of other teams are going to be looking at this and kind of licking their chops, mm. uh, really testing Liverpool over the top. You saw that was working with Leeds, um, you know, making them, uh, you know, really making them work for it, uh, especially in transition. Um, you know, you had, uh, um, uh, 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 you know, that I think it was a second Leeds goal um, coming in wide and then cutting inside. And I forget the, I forget the kid's name, um, but, darn near a solo effort just you know turn alexander arnold's ankles are still over in the corner <laughs> uh, so it's possible right they don't look infallible as they have and what we're used to in years past and you know uh, i think that is uh you know it's got to have other teams kind of looking at this and going okay 
despite Leeds quality, I agree with Boyce. I think Leeds are going to kind of be here to stay. I think they might be the cherries of old. Um, it's going to be a question of whether or not are they, uh, you know, cherries and West Brom of old, where they just kind of hang out uh, for a number of years and do some middle-level transfers and finish anywhere between 16 and 8th. Or are they going to be Wolves? Uh, you know, kind of coming and pushing for, you know, Europe and really making the top four and top six interesting. Mm. You have to see, but it's obvious they have the firepower to do it. But I think, you know, Liverpool, you can't, you know, you can't write them off. Uh, but it, at least, you know, a, kind of a shaky start uh, for that Liverpool back four. Mm-hmm. Uh, their match against Chelsea on Sunday is going to be incredibly interesting. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is, and I think that's going to be really telling uh, because you know Chelsea are not uh, uh, not light on pace, uh, so that's going to be that's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Well, for both sides too, obviously, like you suggest with Liverpool's uh, potential vulnerabilities and Chelsea's new strength this season i think you know to be determined but yes i agree with you i think it's going to be very interesting so i mean chelsea's back line still blows like they're, they're <laughs> still vastly that is true <laughs> that is true like, it's not close maybe i'm giving them too much props but yeah <laughs> their job is not to you know is not to turn and then uh you know turn the tide their goal is to foul up potential goals and just give the ball up in transition that's liverpool, it if kep is in goal liverpool just need to shoot I don't even care where it is. You have an open <laughs> shot anywhere near the 18-yard box, you just take it. Just, just take straight it up. <laughs> Bucket, it's Keppa. Ah, there it is. Use it. <laughs> there, there it is. Wow, use it on Keppa. Okay. Use yeah, it on Keppa. Um, he's, awful. he's awful. He might actually be the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League. <laughs> Guys, let's conclude with another classic. Uh, Of course, uh, you'll know it as player profile. I'm going to provide five different clues to a current Premier League player. Each clue easier than the last. The first person to shout their name and correctly guess said player will win those points. But you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will, of course, freeze you out. Uh, This week, the clues to these players are influencers. Influencers. This translates to players who have had an influential impact on these opening day fixtures. Intriguing. Uh, Guys, let's do this. The first player, the clue is 28 years old. Is a striker. Used to play for Chelsea. Joined his club in 2017. Scored a hat trick of, yes, Jared. Mo Salah. Mo Salah is right. You know, I think Zoom's better because the little accuracy there. You can get your name in there a little quicker, Jared. I think. Is he a winger? I feel like in my FPL, he's a a winger. But is that it? Uh oh. We're we're debating the questions already. Look out. We've only just started the season here. Uh, Player number two once played for Man United is a forward, technically. No, he's a forward. Uh, plays for a London club. The only goal school. Yes, boys. Zaha. What a shot, sir. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And it'll get you those two points. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, the other clues, the only goal scorer for his club over the weekend and is from the Ivory Coast. It is Wilfred Zaha. Nice work on that. Player number three is six foot four inches tall. Has been with his club since 2018. Jared. Yes, Jared. Virgil van Dijk. Yes, it is. Nice. Virgil van Dijk is uh, the correct answer. I'll get you those two points. This is close, guys. Real close. Uh, the other clues from this one. Uh, scored a goal over the weekend. 
and is from the Netherlands. Virgil. Was handed a goal. Good grief! <laughs> yeah. He could have been five four. Could yeah, could have scored that on that corner. Yeah. Maybe maybe you should mark. There you Good go. Grief. <laughs> I mean, you see him. Yeah. He's there. <laughs> Hard to miss. All right. Player number four is a Brazilian international. Registered three assists over the weekend. Is 32 years of Boyce. age. Yes, boys. So you almost tricked me there. I think he only got two of the assists, but I believe... Oh, wait, it's not. Oh, He's no. Googling I'm out. the proof. I'm out. <laughs> I was like, he, did, he, he didn't score. So I don't know who it is. It would be right. William. It's William if... if it is William. Okay. I'll give it to you. I mean, you, you took a shot and you, you took it. It is William. Um... So yeah, technically it was an it, yeah. It, I have it as three assists, but I get where you got the confusion from. So yeah, because he didn't. He just kicked it into the keeper for the first one, and then it ended up getting right. scored by Lacazette. So technicalities aside, we'll give it to you. Uh, that is correct. The other clues: uh, once played for Chelsea, and now plays at the Gunners. So uh, yeah, nice work on that. Uh, we're still in it, Jared. Don't worry. The points are real, real close. I'm still keeping tally. Uh, two players to go. This next one is 33 years of age. He is an Englishman. Boys. Oh, yes, boys. Jamie Vardy. It is Jamie Vardy. He's having a Lord, man. That was Asian a great show. Crap. <laughs> Yeah, 33 years of age, an Englishman, uh, a striker, has once lifted the EPL trophy, so that takes out all the Spurs players, and plays for Leicester City. I'm going to make this joke before Boyce does. You could have just said trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's sad. His wife is still at it with Colleen Rooney, I think. Are you serious? I think that's 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 the thing. I don't know. I hope it is. It was it was legitimately my favorite thing about last season. That that was okay. (laughs) Hear me out. Wags drama pod. I know it already exists. I don't know if I'm going to wade into that pool, but you know, John Terry. John Terry. (laughs) Exactly. Episode on that. We could do like a multiple. Tripartite episode about John Terry. Yeah, and... we should do an episode, you know, per someone else's wife. Yeah. Oh, That's man. Right. All right, guys. We'll, we'll get it working. We'll see what happens. Uh, see how the market <laughs> tests. All right. This, this last, uh, last uh, person of the game is six foot one. Has been with his club since 2017. Another Englishman is a goalkeeper. Jared. Yes, Jared. Jordan Pickford. Yes, sir, it is. Jordan Pickford, that is absolutely correct. And it'll get you those two. There was a pretty good performance from him, despite Spurs not being great in the second half. I mean, the saves that he made. Second half didn't even, like, just my Didn't even count. (laughs) But um, that save on Doherty's uh, volley was tremendous. Something Um, spectacular. You know, I heard heard it on the radio and... And then when I saw it in person, it's like, oh my goodness. Which is the same thing I saw, you know, when I heard Richarlison's miss. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You missed that. Uh, that so. was, it was Kai Kamara-esque, really. His mm. miss was Kai Kamara. It was real yeah. bad. Wondolowski. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking guy. Yeah, that's right. Chris, you listening? You thought we forgot. We didn't forget. Oh, man. My well, second least favorite U.S. men's national team player next to the one, the only, 
Joe Ricardo, Oh, uh, Ricardo Clark. I can't. Ricardo <laughs> Clark is the worst. The worst. That display. <sighs> oh, God. All right, James, just read the results. Well, here are the scores. <laughs> I was going to say, the game's over, and the scores are coming in here. Jared, uh, so close, commiserations. I hate it when you say my name first. God, <laughs> it happened so much. <laughs> already know. Uh, uh, nine points for you, bud, but Boyce did take the first victory of season four with 12 points. Boyce, uh, how are you feeling? You know, I really like seasons in which we start with Fulham away and then West Ham at home, although it's probably a precursor to my own demise over the weekend on Saturday. But, you know, October is going to be brutal for Arsenal. Mm -hmm. So to the extent that we're able to complete the transfer window well and do half decent in the month of October, I'll feel I'll feel pretty good. I mean, I think I haven't really had a chance to talk about it yet, but I think that generally I really think it's between, you know, a, a, just smorgasbord of Leicester, Wolves, Arsenal, United and Spurs for for fourth place mm-hmm. and I say that you know looking and giving a little bit of credence and faith to Chelsea's just rampant upgrading uh you know they, they brought in somebody that thankfully wasn't Jan Oblak which that was terrifying to the extent that they might not have the worst goalkeeper in the league but they haven't resolved any of their problems on defense and I don't really think that Ben Chelwell's really all that Hit. fantastic yeah. So, you know, they're, they're a defensive liability, but to our earlier discussion, I, I think this Sunday is going to be very telling. It is mm-hmm. at Stamford Bridge. It's against a suspect defensively Liverpool team. They will certainly see goals. It's just a matter of whether or not Chelsea can apply enough pressure to keep Liverpool from scoring a ton of goals on Kepa at the other end. But this is, a, you know, if Chelsea are going to end up in the top four, if, you know, Roman Abramovich is going to get his title challenge. I think it's the big indicator is on Sunday and it's early, but it doesn't matter at this point. You got to all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. And it's on Peacock too. Anyway, uh, Jared Budd, commiserations. Uh, how are you feeling? Obviously not a great start for Spurs and uh, for yourself and the queers, but you know, there's plenty of weeks ahead, right? Oh, Jared, why are you so quiet? Not that I'm <laughs> We lost Jared already. <laughs> How did we lose Jared again? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. He's very quiet. Hang on. He's just really quiet. He's going to go way far down in the mix. <laughs> he's, I like how he's getting like closer to the camera. It's <laughs> like something out of my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I still can't hear him. Can you hear him? I, no, not. Maybe really. that's maybe that's the signal that that's how Jared's feeling. So we'll just maybe I just wrap. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, just that signals there. Like, him out. He's just gonna go off screen now. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna play. play. <laughs> I'm gonna play it out. All right, folks, that'll do it today. Big thanks, of course, to Jared Bustamante with frantic hand signals and Boyce Richardson. Uh, stay tuned for updates on our social media, of course, at Kick Corner Flag on Twitter, <laughs> on Instagram, and our Facebook page. Thanks so much, Zoom. This has been great. Guys, we'll catch you next time.